You're listening to Education Review Radio. Hello, it's Wade Zaglis here with another Education Review podcast. While teachers have always enjoyed a degree of respect from the public, the pandemic has brought the status of the the profession into sharp focus. Some have described them as frontline workers, while media and social commentary is replete with parents praising the hard work teachers do every day. To speak about this shift uh, in community mindset, as well as the num- a number of key issues at the moment, I'm talking to Professor Donna Pendergast. Professor uh, Pendergast is Dean and Head of the School of Education and Professional Studies at Griffith University and a member of the Australian Association for Research in Education. Professor Pendergast, I've heard anecdotal reports that teacher status has improved substantially during this time of COVID-19. What do you attribute to this? And is there any hard data to support that that, um, assertion? So, Wayne, it's, Wade, it's a very interesting time for teachers and I think the um, the profession generally. So uh, I, it's hard to answer your question in a very direct way because we're still in the middle of the, the response to the pandemic. You know, it's still happening around us. So I think that what we're seeing is, part, you know, part ways midstream. So we've seen um, teachers and the school um, environment and universities, you know, education generally has had to implement what we call emergency education. And uh, emergency education is often reserved for things like crises and, you know, um, war situations, etc. But a global pandemic as well, um, the emergency education kind of um, elements have, have been invoked. And what that really means is that there's three key pillars to making sure that we can have a rapid response in the education setting. And one of them is around teachers, and that's why teachers have got, um, they've had quite a lot of attention during this particular time. The second is around parents and carers and, and the support around learning that, that takes place. And the third, of course, is the students themselves. And how do we actually um, make sure that students are being supported during a time of crisis? And so this emergency education response means that teachers have been very much um, at the forefront of people's minds. And if we think back to the the time when schools were were in lockdown and our communities, uh, we were all self-isolating all around Australia at that early stage. And now we're at different stages all around the country. But in those early days, um, that particular, there was a lot of attention on what teachers were doing because schools were responding by providing learning material to students. Teachers were working hard to, in many t- in many ways, transform what they were doing so that they could deliver um, home-based learning or homeschooling or remote learning. We've called it all sorts of different names. And so there was a, this amazing workforce around the nation that was keeping things happening, um, keeping the learning happening. And... Thinking back to that moment, we didn't know how long that was going to be for. So the timeline was quite unpredictable. We didn't know that in six months we'd still actually be dealing with it in different ways around the nation. There might have been a cure. There might have been a vaccine sooner. So all of the unknowns that sit in this 
suggest that teachers' work was very much uh, visible and uh, we were concerned as a, as a country that places high value on education and student learning, our teachers came to prominence. And so in terms of them um, having, um, I guess, enhanced status, that became very much something that we wanted to pay attention to. It was something that we could... We could actually, uh, in a time where we're losing control of a lot of things we're doing in our lives, we could actually focus on teachers' work and student learning and have some control over it. So the community benefited from being engaged around the whole learning enterprise. So that made teachers' roles very visible. And uh, and I think in doing that, the work of teachers became um, more visible and the complexities of teachers' work and the, the range of ways in which teachers responded to this, um, great kudos emerged out of that particular process. So, um, you know, teachers tell us that, that, that they're very fatigued and we know that we're, they're fatigued and there's lots of data that tells us that story. But, you know, the hard data story about the whole process is still being gathered, it's still being collected, sure. and we're building an evidence base around that. Having said that, um, University of Melbourne's done some work in this area and they had a survey out with about a 1,000 teachers who responded and they talked about, you know, the visibility that they felt that they gained and also the additional stresses that came with that. So... Um, yeah, there's some data being collected and I think we'll get to know and understand that more in time to come. I think I may have reported on that um, particular piece of research. Probably, Wayne, yes. probably. And there, <laughs> there will be a lot to come, a lot of stuff to learn. Uh, secondly, this is an often debated uh, topic. Do you think remote learning can be as good as all better as having a teacher instructing in front of you, academically speaking. There seems to be some who thrive with the online model and those who don't. And we all can recall the Prime Minister almost pleading with the Australian uh, Australian teachers to, you know, be there for their students. What are your thoughts yeah. on this? Look, I, I think like anything... Um, there are multiple ways of responding to you on this, but there is not one clear answer um, because it depends. It depends on the learner. So what is the nature of the learner? What are their particular needs? How engaged are they in the subject that they're studying? Is it something where they've got a high degree of self-regulation? Um, can the student actually uh, fairly autonomously work through the learning? Um, and so there's... It's, it is about the curriculum itself and the way the curriculum and pedagogical aspects of that particular topics and, and content, um, does it lend itself to online delivery? Does it need to be synchronous or can you actually have asynchronous learning um, that's virtual? So there are so many layers around that that um, I think the best answer to say is it can be as good as, it can certainly be as good as, should it be the only way we go about um, teaching and learning? I would say no, because the social and emotional aspects that come about learning um, in uh, with like-minded, similar age groups are some of the incredible benefits that can be achieved through a face-to-face -face learning environment. And building those relationships and understanding the diversity of learners is definitely enabled um, through that face-to-face -face, um, situation. But you are right. 
some people can thrive in an online learning environment um, while others don't. And that's one of the challenges in order to move this to a more, I guess, to, to something that we could be proud of and point to and say we have an, an amazing high quality um, virtual learning system. We have to work out how to accommodate that diversity first. Speaking of which, um, do you predict a time um, in the future where all schooling in Australia will be either conducted online or we use more of a blended kind of model? Or are there well, just far, are there are there just far too many structural inequalities for such an idea to work? Look, I think a hybrid model is definitely conceivable. And if we think about our distance learning, you know, one of our largest schools in Queensland delivers to students all around the state and interstate, and those students are all um, learning online. So we we know that it can be done really effectively. But whether or not that's the model that we choose to go towards as a as something that you know all schooling would want to to push towards is is certainly a, a big shift in the way we think about learning because um, that's about learning um, around factors that could be delivered in an online format. So what about the learning that takes place in the community of a school? Uh, the other things that mm-hmm. don't that are not the actual formal curriculum, but the actual hidden curriculum, um, the ways in which relationships are established, learning empathy, learning uh, to be part of a community. So the role of schools goes much further than academic learning. And so it is about, and not to say that those things cannot be achieved with online learning, but I think it's, it's one aspect of the learning that takes place. And so I think we're some far, you know, some distance away from being able to say that it's possible that we could achieve all of those things that we want to achieve. You know, if the purpose of schooling is to build a rounded individual who can be an effective member of the community, um, then we have um, schools are hitting a number of different areas of learning. And finally, Professor, harking back to the first question, do you suspect the pandemic and accompanying improved status of teachers will encourage more to enter the profession? Yes, I do. Look, I'm going to be definite about that one. I do believe that it is. And we've already seen some immediate kind of effects. So our media intake into teacher education, initial teacher education, uh, did jump um, quite significantly. So we had large numbers of people put their hands up for teaching. And we know, we've spoken to our students who are a couple of weeks in now, and they've told us that one of the reasons was because, A, they were available and they had lost their jobs, so they, they took the opportunity um, to be able to go to university and to transform either an existing degree or to commence an undergraduate degree into teaching. Mm-hmm. They also saw the attractiveness of um, teaching as being well-paid and that they recognised that during the really uh, initial phases of the emergency education response, that teachers were really playing a very pivotal role in the community. And so that recognition of the importance of the teaching profession to our community uh, was something that they pointed to as well. So, yeah, look, I I do believe that there's a chance that it will um, lead to more people entering the profession. And 
that's a really positive. One of these enduring silver linings that might come out of something is that we've um, we've put a new focus on teaching as a profession, um, and that's great because we do have a shortage in Australia, yes. and that shortage is in certain areas. So perhaps that's an outcome that we might have anticipated, and it's a positive outcome potentially. Well, Professor Donna Pendergast from uh, Griffith University, thank you so much for speaking to Education Review. A pleasure, Wade.